0: Hello and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed.
1: Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to call on the name of Jesus. You said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you that I believe the truth and the truth sets me free. Freedom is defined as something entirely different in the word of God. We define it another way in the world. But I ask that you make it known to us what that means to each one of us, because we have specific needs and specific reasons why we need your freedom. The name of this message is called Your Truth or The Truth. So please let us be as perceptive and receptive as we need to be. As I am reminded, if my mother had believed the fact that I was going to die, I would be dead today. But she believed the truth of God's word. She followed the instructions and I am alive today because you are the resurrection and the life that brought me back. You caused me to revive. So I thank you that you are the same God. You can do it for anyone who believes you because you have something to prove to your people. In Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said in verse 12 and also in verse 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want— I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Simply put, he entered into a place in the spirit where God invites us whenever troubles, trials, and tribulations present themselves. That place is referenced in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 from the New International Version. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Exchange yokes with the Lord Jesus by following the instructions in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-7. through 7. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. I came up with a few acronyms for rest, but before I share them, I must warn that Hebrews chapters 3 through 4 explains how unbelief prevents us from entering into God's rest. While John chapter 3's best example of belief, is in the only begotten Son of God, believing the message of the gospel in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. If we believe the truth, then we will be compelled to obey the truth, and in so doing, we can enter into rest. rest. R stands for rescue, restore. Refresh. Renew. Release. E stands for escape. Engage. Enlighten. Excel. Excellence. S stands for save. Sanctify. Sustain. Success. Sincerity. And T stands for tackle. Turn. Train. Triumph. Time. If you are already born again, or if you become a born-again believer as defined in the third chapter of John and the tenth chapter of Romans, then you are already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus based on Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. So then, The follow-through is yoking up with him by casting every care on the Lord, along with laying aside the sin and weight that easily besets us, as stated in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hear and heed these directives and the Holy Spirit himself, will escort you to that place of rest where you can run the race that is set before you properly, on heaven's terms. Difficulties and detours may come, but overcoming victory is established and declared to us who will not just hear the word, but do the word. As admonished in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, John chapter 16, verse 33, and 2nd Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I'll read that one from the King James Version. It states, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth. Us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. The reason that I chose that translation is because of the E th at the end of some of these verbs why because eth means it is continual i remember when my sister taught me to pay attention to those endings she said it doesn't stop there eth means it is perpetual god constantly He will never stop doing that thing. I'll read it again. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. A few weeks ago, I told you God can turn back the hands of time because he created time. He transcends and supersedes time because he is omnipresent, omnipotent, or some of us say omnipotent, and he sovereignly rules and reigns over all creation, past, present, and future. No one and nothing is outside his jurisdiction. A miracle is God dialing back whatever or whoever was against us. See Second Kings chapter 20 verses 8 through 11. John chapter 8 verses 32 through 36. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed." Jesus summed it up in one verse, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you know Jesus? He is the only real truth that when fully embraced will set you free from whatever or whomever had you bound, imprisoned, confused, misled, on the wrong path, in any kind of trouble. He is the living word of John chapter 1, who has the only say in the lives of his children who trust and obey him. Today I set before you a choice. Choose whatever you or the world defines as truth, or choose Jesus, the Lord God, the only one who is defined as the truth, And let him guide you to that place of rest. Suicide, I bind your option and remove it from their contemplation sex, drugs, alcohol, logic, unbelief, rebellion, and any other demonic influences and addictions. I bind your options and remove them from their contemplations and remove them from the table. I loose the divine intervention of God, our heavenly father, who intervenes on earth and interrupts the plans of hell, the world and people he implements On earth, as it is in heaven right now, for those of us who dare to believe him, who courageously believe my witness of him through this prayer and ministry. In Jesus' name, I touch and agree with the truth of God's word and with the person of the Holy Spirit who bears witness of and teaches and guides us into all truth in accordance with John chapter 16, verse 13. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continuing, in John chapter 4, the woman at the well filled a vessel with water to give Jesus a drink. Jesus wanted to fill her with his spirit so that she would thirst no more and overflow to the point of quenching those around her. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So then, The well represents what the woman becomes when Jesus encounters her. His prophecy is the word of God, which is spirit and life. That when she heard it, she was filled with it so much so that she would have enough to ladle out to those in her community. Each time she opened her mouth to witness or testify about Jesus, she was dipping into the living waters that flowed from her belly, and she was giving those who were parched in spirit the only life source that would quicken them, according to the word, unto belief, unto salvation." Why is it important that the word as living water flow from the belly? We have only one other alternative. Romans chapter one is an eye opener. A person can become captive to their own appetites to the point where they end up missing out on the real definition of truth. Forsake Jesus who is the truth, live their own truth, which is a lie, and then end up forfeiting all that God actually had for them. The alternative is they end up receiving what the world has. All that's in the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Another translation of Romans chapter 1 is that after being exposed and after being a partaker of the light, one who veers away to follow after the wrong appetites, they become reprobate, having their conscience seared, then blindly face the terror of not being restored. Appetites matter. While preaching what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Filled with what? They will be filled with whatever they crave. Whatever the appetite of the belly is, they will be filled in the spirit. So then the belly is a synonym for your spirit. Why? Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4 that the hour comes and now is when they who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The woman at the well is a picture of or a foreshadowing of what would happen at and after Pentecost. God's spirit poured out on all flesh, not on men exclusively, but inclusively. God's spirit poured out on women and children not on Jews exclusively but in the hearing and in the hearing of and on mixed races who while some were still Jews were considered dogs gentiles would receive the same outpouring as demonstrated in the book of acts this truth superseded the racism and prejudice of the apostle peter who God humbled by showing no partiality to the movement of God by opening the door to Gentiles through Jesus, who became both the heart and embodiment of the gospel. He himself became the door, gatekeeper, gardener, and good shepherd, to name a few things that the I am was and is and is to come. He became all of those things for us, his people who were diverse until we were born again of his spirit. At that point, we all became the same people of the same blood of Jesus, the same possession of the same God who raised Christ from the dead by his spirit, by the spirit of the living God. Let me tell you something about the old truth. And your old truth. The ways seemed right. But the result was destruction. The results were destructive. Destruction that was sometimes detected. And sometimes it went undetected. The wages of sin is death. Not just death. Eternal perpetual damnation. Romans chapter 1, I'll say again, is an eye opener. In the 103rd Psalm, God says He does not punish us according to what our sins deserve. When we are His children, as a father pities his children, so He has pity on those of us who fear God, who reverence Him enough to obey Him. We are not taught to fear man. We are not taught to trust mankind or trust in world systems. We're not even taught to trust ourselves. In Psalms chapters 116 through 118, we are taught that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 1, and in order to ascertain the right knowledge, understanding, increase in the best knowledge, and function from a place of wisdom in action, wisdom in action, in operation, and obtain favorable results. So I'll read that paragraph again. We are not taught to fear man or trust man in Psalm 116, and we are not taught to fear man or trust in ourselves even. In the 118th Psalm, we are taught that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs chapter one. And in order to ascertain the right knowledge, understanding, increase in the best knowledge and function from a place of wisdom in action, in operation. And we are taught how to obtain favorable results. We needed saving from self before we needed saving from Satan. Because before Lucifer ever entered the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve both showed bad judgment and flawed character traits. The proof of this is evident when they end up listening to a shape-shifting demon who took on the form of a serpent and deceived them into disobeying God. The subject of shape-shifting alone is an entirely different and profound message of its own. Lucifer copied God. He copied him in his ability to appear as something or someone else. The difference is when God did it, God was original and Lucifer was merely a copycat. I'll say this. The difference is when God did it, it was only for the good of mankind. But when Lucifer Who is also called Satan and the devil did it. It was for the destruction of mankind. Some of you right now are living your truth. But have you had the courage to ask yourself, is your truth lying to you? Scripture says, don't deceive yourself. Bad company corrupts good morals. Sometimes we are our own worst company. What kind of company are you keeping? Who or what is in your ear? Who or what has access to your eyes? Who or what is touching you? Who or what do you smell? Who or what do you taste? Scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We are not advised to taste and see the world. If we are honest about it, the world leaves a bad taste in our mouths. We see injustice all around us, inequity and inequality on every hand in this world and in the alleged greatest nation on earth, America. It is only when we look at the loving kindness and tender mercies of God referenced in Psalm chapter 51 that we begin to connect that dot with the dots in Romans That reminds us that all of us fell short of the glory of God. But when we were in our weakness without strength, Christ sacrificed his life so that we could experience his life more abundantly on earth as it is in heaven as taught in John and Matthew chapter 6. Jesus told us in the world we would have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He overcame it to be of good cheer about that statement. Oh, my. You'd have to be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. You'd have to be baptized, not with water alone, but with the fire of the Holy Spirit in order to manifest on earth as it is in heaven. It goes on further in scripture to say you have already overcome the enemy of this world because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world than the enemy that is in this world. If you profess to be woke and living your own truth and you don't have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are sleepwalking amidst a masquerade in this world that has proven it is. Is a friend to no one. I'll say that again. If you profess to be woke and living your own truth and you don't have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are sleepwalking amidst a masquerade in this world that has already proven it is a friend to no one. Not even the oppressor gets everything they want in this life. The oppressor can't stop disease or death from visiting them. Calamity is not partial or prejudice to anyone, to the oppressed, to the oppressor. Revelation says the whole world is drunk. The Lord says awake out of sleep, for it is high time to awake. Only your maker can wake you. Or as a rapper would say it, only your maker can wake you so. Or... In the benevolent rhetoric of theologians, it would take the creator to awaken you. By now, I pray you get the point before it's too late, before you reach the point of no return, having your conscience seared, having been given over to the appetites of your own belly. Don't think you know what's best for you. There's always someone more knowledgeable, but none more than God. Our thoughts by human nature exalt themselves above the knowledge of God and those thoughts get pulled down, cast down, brought into submission and into the obedience of the will of God who works all things together for good to those who love him and to those who are the called according to his purpose. He doesn't promise to do this for those who don't love him. Many are called, but few are chosen. He called all of us when he died once and for all at Calvary. He chose those of us who would believe him and predestined us unto good works because he foreknew us. This is the truth. We all struggle whether we admit it or not believers and unbelievers, Jews and Gentiles, Christians and atheists, those who believe in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and those who believe in other teachings, right? All of mankind struggles with something or another. With that regard, it's a level playing field. Paul, the apostle learned how to win the internal battle that raged against God. We see his struggle In the uh, fleshly realm, in the soulish realm, where his soul warred against his spirit. Paul wanted to do right once he learned better. He tried to do it of his own ability, but he realized he couldn't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. He found out that the Holy Spirit, though he would not remove the thorn of difficulty, known as the battle between the soul and his spirit... But he discovered that God's grace was sufficient and his strength was made perfect in Paul, the apostle's weakness. His weakness is his his sin nature. He found out that God's grace is sufficient, that God's grace and his strength is made perfect in his weakness. And likewise, God's grace is sufficient for us and his strength can be made perfect in our weakness he learned that whatever happened or didn't happen how to be at peace and how to be victorious rather than victimized by bad perception this has been a message from god's heart to mine to yours through perceptual numa ministries Heavenly Father, minister to your people as only you can. Produce the harvest you desire. Be glorified and magnified in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Bonus. This is why God says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So then heart, belly, and spirit are synonymous with whatever you're filled with. So whatever you are filled with, you will flow out. It will flow out of you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to lose the wrong appetites. Give us the right appetites. You said we will be filled with what we hunger and thirst after. If it's hate, then the result is catastrophic. If it's real agape love, then the result is favorable for all people. If it's sex, the result is deviancy. If it's money, the result is the root and fruit of all evil. If it's self, the result is negligence to everyone and everything else. It's self-centered. If it's the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the result will be consecration along the lines of Romans 12 and Philippians four nineteen, based on God, the God who gives good gifts to his children. He feeds and clothes the birds. How much more will he provide your needs, our needs, my needs? Ask for the Holy Spirit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things that you need will be added to you. Know this truth. This is the truth. This Jesus who is defined as the word become flesh, the word incarnate, the truth Make him your truth, and he will set you free from the prison of your mind, body, soul, and spirit. You will go from oppression to liberation, from hellish to being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus into a place of rest. You will go from a situation of having a house and still being homeless to having a safe refuge to having a habitation in Christ where he makes his abode, takes up his residency with you, whether you have an address or not, he will be your dwelling. God himself will be your dwelling place. He will fill every void as he is the earnest desire, longing and actual craving for our famished state of existence. Call on him from the yearning place. Call on Jesus from the parched place. Call on Him from the hurt place. Call on Him from the lying, deceitful place. Call on Him from the place of addiction. Call on Him from the shape-shifting place. Call on Him from the empty place. Call on Jesus from the dark place. Call on Him from the bad place. Call on Him from the dirty place. Call on Him from the hateful place. Call on Him from the unforgiving place. Call on Him from the emotional place. Call on him from that dark place. Call on Jesus from that lonely place. Call on him from that suicidal place, from that hopeless place, from any place. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved from those places, from whatever we need saving from. When we seek him wholeheartedly, he will say, here I am. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said he would send the comforter to comfort us. I will not leave you comfortless. I will comfort you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. These things are written and they are so. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you, and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors, and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.